Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill. Welcome to my Show Me the Science podcast. Now, I think we've dealt over the last... It must be 50 years of podcast now, uh, of bi- biological fluids of various kinds. Who knows? We certainly talk about blood a lot, don't we? Over various ones with the immune system and various things. Uh, but guess what? I'm going to tell you all about the science of tears. Now, you might think, how could that be possibly interesting? Like, OK, we cry. We produce these tears. Who cares? Kind of thing. But it's, it's a fascination. And if you're a biochemist, uh, you want to know the chemicals in living systems. And why wouldn't we study the science? of tears and it's, it's it's a bit of a strange one there aren't too many diseases connected to tears there is one actually called Sjogren's syndrome where people's tear ducts dry up and they can't make tears and, and they get very sort of all kinds of eye problems because they, they can't make tears and, and that's one aspect of tears and in fact that's an autoimmune disease where the immune system attacks your tear ducts and destroys them and you can't make tears but by and large the science of tears is more to do with us as humans because guess what it's unique human as far as we know and if I'm wrong you can send me a message and, and tell me if you found other examples of this only humans cry really no other species seems to cry now every species makes a bit of moisture who has eyes because you've got to keep the eyes moist but we actually cry we produce water and this liquid streams from our eyes when we cry you know now the last time I cried was about 20 minutes ago when I came in and met Owen again he always makes me cry. <laughs> it was tears of joy. I hadn't seen him in a while. But, uh, but certainly we all cry, don't we? And it's a very human thing. And the truth is, we don't really know why we cry. Uh, we cry when we're sad, obviously. And we get all emotional. But equally, we cry when we're happy. Uh, we cry when we're jealous. We cry when we're angry. That's another provoker of tears. And we sometimes cry when we're thankful and we're grateful for things. There's various reasons for us crying. I guess we mainly cry when we're sad and upset about something. Uh, But of course, you can watch a weepy movie and burst into tears. If you're angry, you can produce tears as well. So there's various reasons. So it is tied into our emotions, obviously. But by the way, if you are cutting onions, as we all know, if you ever cut an onion, tears will stream from your eyes as well so that's another reason why we cry in response to toxins and stuff like that I suppose but emotional crying is the one I'm really going to talk about today and it's very poorly understood hasn't been studied much I guess the reason is because as I said there's no diseases connected to it so it's quite hard to get funding for this kind of thing Uh, so it's an understudied area but it's still a fascination and if you go back through history uh, people often would hypothesise why we cry in the early 1600s this is this piece I read anyway uh, one reason why we cry was thought to be the heart heats up when we're emotional and we got to dissipate heat by producing a liquid from our eyes to cool us down that was one idea why we cry that isn't true of course uh, the other one is it might be good for you and of course um psychologists and I'm not a psychologist but in the realms of psychology they wonder about releasing sort of tension you know it's like a safety valve so you burst into tears to get an emotional release in some way that may be true as well but we don't really know and there aren't that many systematic studies of it uh, now if you're a biochemist and, and, and as you all know by now my passion is the chemistry of living systems uh, there's a very famous biochemist called William Frey he gets the credit for sort of analysing tears biochemically 
And what biochemists do is they grind up biological things and look at the chemicals in them. And that might be your immune system in my case. It could be your liver, whatever. He took tears and he began analysing them using very clever analytical methods and tried to figure out what was in the tears. And he uh, claimed that tears contain various hormones. Uh, he, could, he could sort of identify the hormones in the tears. For example, he found enkephalins in tears. He also found a thing called prolactin in tears. Now, these are interesting hormones. Prolactin is a bonding hormone. Hormone. It's often made to, you know, by, by nursing mothers uh, with their babies, for instance, will make prolactin and it kind of makes them feel nice and then they want to bond with their infant. Uh, oxytocin is the other famous one as well. So one idea he had was you're, you're shedding these tears to cause an emotional response in someone else. And they might sense the prolactin or whatever it might be in the tears and then be, you know, be look after you, basically. And that, that actually is one of the main reasons why we cry. We think it sends out a signal to say, I'm in trouble, I need help. And we are a social species, so we help each other in all kinds of ways. And maybe that's why the tears have these things in them. Now, the thing is, poor old phrase got criticised recently and uh, some of this hasn't held up and we need more evidence to support that. Um, but still, the tears do, do contain certain chemicals. I'll come back to that in, in a few minutes as well. So, so one reason we shed these tears then is to send a signal. And it could be a biochemical signal or it could be an emotional signal. Someone sees you crying and then comes over and gives you a hug and it helps you feel better because we are a social creature. That, that's one of the possible reasons for tears. Now, we do know the physiology of tears. Now, what that means is how the tears are made. Uh, there's glands called a lacrimal gland that shed the tears and release them. And a very nice study a good few years ago now identified, get this, three types of tears. Now, we love categorising things as scientists, but there's three different categories of tears. The first category are called basal tears. Now, basal is a word we use in, in, in science. It means kind of background. Uh, the basal tears just keep your eyes moist. And the eyes are very sensitive, obviously, and light has to get in and, you know, they're very delicate. And you keep the surface of the eyeball moist and obviously around the eyelids and all the rest. And that, that, that's a different type of tear, it turns out. It's like a lubricant to keep your eyes moving. And again, that's the big thing that happens in Chagrins when you can't make this and then your eyes get very irritated. So our first tears are basal. The second are called reflexive. That means in response to something. Now that's toxins. So when you have onions, a chemical is made in your eye and they think it's an acid gets produced actually and that irritates the eye and the eye wants to flush that away. So that's the flushing uh, function. Spicy food does it as well. And of course, if you, if you eat chili, your eyes will run, you know, and, and the reason for this partly is to flush out any of that spice that's got into your eye, I suppose, or in your body, and it flushes out some of these toxins. And that's the second type of tear. But the third type is the emotional tears. And they're the ones that we're, that we're going to talk about most of all. And um, uh, the Frey study and studies since then have taken emotion. How do you make emotional tears? Well, as I said earlier, just talk to Owen for a while, you'll produce loads of them. Um, or if you watch an emotional movie, they did get people to watch sad movies. That, that was the way they did it, actually and then people began to produce these emotional tears and again in a lab you want to control this in some way so they tried to do that um, and, and uh, they produced these emotional tears and they did the biochemistry on them they found there was 21% more protein in the emotional tears so there's no doubt something's going into the tears now proteins do all kinds of things prolactin is a protein for instance enkephalins are proteins so you're making these proteins and they identify the proteins amazingly some of these proteins we don't know what they do 
So again, it's a very kind of a interesting research area. What are the proteins going into tears and what do they do? And then more recently, and I love this accuracy, they've identified the biochemicals in tears. There's 160 biochemicals in emotional tears. And of course, what that means is you can go through them one by one now and try to figure out what these biochemicals are and what they do. Now, some are just being made. Uh, they're in your blood and they get into tears and so on. They mightn't have a function. But certainly the, the fascination is what are, in, what are these different biochemicals and what are they doing? Guess what they find? Antibodies, of course. So again, some of the antibodies end up in the tears and they might help defend you. Now again, why they're getting made in the emotional tears is another matter, but certainly uh, there's antibodies. So some of the immune system goes into your tears, maybe to fight bacteria in the eye, say. So, but again, it's a mystery what these other biochemicals are doing, you see. And, and, and again, you'd want to know what they are and you want to characterize them. Um, and the point about um, the stress release idea, so some of these stress hormones end up in tears. The idea there was, are you releasing the stress hormone and then you get less stress by crying? That again has been debunked. There wouldn't be enough going into the tears to change how you feel, I suppose, is the idea. So again, it's not 100% clear what those different things are doing in terms of ending up in tears. Now, um, the big other aspect of this is, they asked people, do you feel better after crying? Now, the assumption is a good cry and you feel better, you know, and, and you kind of have an emotional release thing. That may not be true. So yet again, science kind of uh, debunks something that seems obvious, but it's not actually true. You might feel better, interestingly, because you're getting emotional support and that makes you feel better. It isn't actually the release of the tears. It's not, it's not if the tears are releasing something from your body. That was the idea there. So again, you feel better probably because of emotional support. And one big study which I, I came across was they asked uh, loads of women to evaluate this and to say if they felt better after crying and they kept a diary basically now again these studies can be a bit hit and miss because you're keeping a diary and how do you control that but even still 30% of women said they did feel better after crying 60% said they felt the same and didn't feel any better at all which just shows you it isn't guaranteed 9% felt worse so again there's no guarantee that a good cry makes you feel better so that was a, a sort of a sad outcome from that but then again some people do feel better I guess is the way to think of it now the final thing though is it has to be about communication we feel so very complex us humans very sociable you know we release tears to communicate that you're vulnerable and then you get help so it brings out positive reactions in others and again they've they've um, got people to evaluate say faces that are crying and they have a more positive response to someone who's crying so again that's good so in other words it could just be a a signal to say look i'm in trouble would you please help me another strange one that i came across and again you'd like more evidence but still it's very rhythmical crying you kind of sob you know this awful sobbing these, these gasping sobs that's a rhythmic thing and we kind of rhythmically cry and that might calm us down and then get rid of this awful stress that we're feeling. So the rhythmic and the breathing changes. And as, as we all know, if you control your breathing, that can be a de-stressor. So maybe it's the rhythmic nature of crying that makes us feel better. And you never know, that'll be good. And then one last little thing I want to tell you is, and, and again, you know, you got to say, where's the good science behind this? They've studied people who never cry. When I mentioned him again, Owen, as far as I know, has never cried. He's a very unemotional kind of guy. You know, he's got no feelings at all, really. Um, anyway, they've studied people and they got a group of people who'd never cried in years. And some of these people claimed anyway they hadn't cried in 50 years. Now, again, men have more trouble crying than women across some of these studies. But they studied some of these people and tried to figure out why aren't those people crying. And these people seemed happy enough, okay? They didn't seem to be especially stressed. So that tells us that crying isn't essential. 
If it was essential, these people wouldn't do as well in their lives, would they? So, so again, they seemed happy enough and that wasn't the reason. So again, the mystery is, why do we cry? You don't have to cry, really, you see. And, and uh, But still, those kinds of studies will hopefully inform some of this. Now, uh, my big failure on this podcast is I haven't cried during it. Will I burst into tears now? I might start crying. No, I won't. <laughs> but um, you never know. Maybe your listening to this has made you angry or upset. I hope I've provoked some kind of emotion in you. And if you've cried, well, that's a good thing to do. So there you have it. The Science of Tears. Hope you enjoy that one. And of course, my podcast is a news talk production and it's available for downloading every Thursday. Have a good cry and all the very best. Of you.